Every passionate follower of Jesus has a deep desire to share their faith with others. How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? How do we do it at a rate that can compete with population growth, a growing secular culture, and 40% of the world considered completely unreached? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. All right, here with another episode of the More Disciples Podcast. I am Roger Shull, one of the co-hosts here uh, with my fellow hosts, Doug Lucas. Good day. John Harima. Great to be here. And Lee Wood. Hey, everybody. And our guest today, it's actually a first. We have, a, for the first time on this podcast, it's still young, but first time ever, we have a married couple on the podcast together. They're not just a married couple, but they have seven kids, so they definitely are having somebody watch their kids while, while they do this. Um, and it's Austin and Lindsay Wilson. They usually are in New York, uh, where they multiply disciples, but have been taking a sabbatical year down in Tampa, Florida. So maybe another first. Our guests are actually in the same house as Lee Wood right now uh, in this recording. So Lee, why don't you introduce Austin and Lindsay for us? Yeah, so Austin and Lindsay and the whole family are part of our home church, and they've been doing um, uh, multiplying disciples in churches, I think probably for longer than we have. Our home church has only been around for eight years, and we renamed it because of actually Austin and, and, and Lindsay. They're here on sabbatical for a year and um, are part of our, our home fellowship. And so it used to just be um, Lee and Stacy's, you know, home church, but we live on a, a, a road that has coconut in the name. So um, they, we've been renamed the Coconut Church. And so people have... Um, um, thought that that's funny because they relate it, I think, to my personality. But anyway, um, they are have been a huge blessing to us. And we know we've passed from death to life because we love one another. And we've been doing the one another's um, with one another for going on a year now. And they are the reason I'm excited to have them on the podcast is they love Jesus and are a model, I believe, of um, from their marriage and their home as image bearers, like a faithful Priscilla and Aquila from their house unto. And so that heart that they have for Jesus as disciples to hear, obey, and spread is what permeates through them as a couple and through their children. And I'm super honored to co-labor with them. Uh, They are a beloved brother and sister. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. That's in us. That's shed abroad in our hearts because of Jesus. And that's what he wants to multiply. And I think, um, honestly, that they're going to be able to articulate that as salt and light on this video to be the same thing to others that they have been to our family. And I love you guys. Awesome. That that was a great intro, Lee. But uh, Austin and Lindsay, why don't you guys introduce yourself too? Maybe you can share with us in just a few minutes how you got started in movement work and uh, just what's going on today. Like what, what are you guys doing doing right now? Lindsay and I 
Um, we actually met in Iraq. We were both in the military and deployed there. Pretty crazy story. Um, we got married uh, about a year after we, we met and we just started to grow. And we were at a place where in a military context where there wasn't any good, uh, well, I should, we just couldn't find a church that we felt God wanted us to go to. Uh, we really were excited to labor as a new couple, excited to serve, and um, we couldn't find a, a church in the area that we were. And so we had a bunch of friends that that were following Jesus as well. And we just basically said, hey, why don't we just meet up in our houses and we'll just rotate, you know, houses. And and uh, and so that that we had never heard a home church or anything like that, a small church, simple church. and. But that just happened for us uh, about 13 years ago now, and we've never gone back. <laughs> uh, we've just realized the intimacy, the um, the accountability, and just the true community that happens in a in a home with families and living life together as disciples of Jesus. So um, now we, you know, we we moved to New York, and and we we were getting out of the army, and we asked God, God, where do you want us to go? We'll go anywhere. Africa, India, where do you want us? And uh, against our desires, God <laughs> told us to stay here in the States and, and in New York. Um, and so we've been there the last uh, nine years, I, I guess. This year would be the 10th. And um, as we were there, we just continued to just grow in knowing Jesus and making him known. and and just teaching others to follow him as well. Uh, and then about five years ago now, it's 2016, I believe, almost five years ago, uh, we basically had, our church had multiplied into three churches, just God did it. We didn't really have anybody around us coaching us or discipling us or anything. It was just the Holy Spirit. And and we... Um, did that and some people heard about it and the no place left network and and they came and and uh did like a, a little training with us and i think the the biggest thing that changed for us was just seeing like we had been making disciples but we what changed in our vision was just seeing like wow we should be making disciples of jesus so that they can make disciples of jesus you know very simply um and and then, you know, with intimacy, like we, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that we've just continued to to grow in is, is just, you know, being intimate with Jesus and, and letting him lead us and not getting ahead of him um, and not trying to do movement or do things for him, um, but to actually, as Lord of the Harvest, follow his lead and then teach others to do the same. And so, you know, we've come to this so we did a sabbatical you know kind of away from we've been there for nine years total and in new york we, we've been there nine years total and we just felt the lord telling us to, to step away and let the laborers continue to labor there and without us and and god has continued to do it without us and the story with lee is we knew that we wanted to still have community and learn some more from somebody outside of the streams that we were a part of and so we decided to move to Florida. We felt like God was telling us to do that. We also have family here, so that's really helpful. Um, but then 
we were praying about where to live and God told us, really told my wife and daughter uh, through a letter of where to live. And uh, it was the letter O and Lando Lakes really stood out to us. And I asked Lee over email. I'd never met him before, never talked to him. I just emailed Lee and I said, Lee, hey, do you have any churches as far north as Lando Lakes? And Lee emails me back and says, dude, I live in Lando Lakes. Um, and so we're like, wow, okay, maybe that's the Lord is telling us to move to Lando Lakes. And then sure enough, as we get down here, like God directs us to a house in Lee's neighborhood. And so we've been just so blessed to be in fellowship and community and, and, um, you know, just a brotherhood sisterhood with Lee and Stacy in, in their home and, and laboring alongside them, though we've taken a little bit of a step back from what we you know, were doing. Um, but lots of, lots of reflection uh, in the past nine months. And Fantastic. it's amazing. Fantastic. You know, Lindsay, I got to say, uh, this is fascinating. My first question for you is, what were you doing in the military? What was your role? But if you could also tell, what is that like? Uh, first of all, you guys have been really fruitful in more than just disciple making. You have seven kids, if you can remember their ages, uh, that's probably, you probably have to look at, a, at an iPhone app or something to remind you of that. But that's so many, seven kids. How do you do this as a family? I mean, it seems like that would just be a crazy busy life just with nine people in one maxi van. How do you do this as a family? And what's that like uh, oozing out of your family into disciple making? Dude, they have a dually. They have a dually van. I knew like it. They have a van that has double it. tires in the with back. A, it's so with a, cool. A pull behind trailer that they can put kids in that are noisy. Go for it, Lindsay. Tell us how this works. First, wait. Tell me what you're doing in the military before you go. Okay. There. <laughs> so in the military, I was enlisted Air Force. So I um, I worked on the electronics on the C-17 aircraft. Oh my goodness, that's so fun. <laughs> So yeah, that was a step of faith going into the military. It wasn't totally like me to do, but God told me to do it. So I would say it's a day by day thing. <laughs> um, like never did I imagine like 10 years ago that I would have seven kids and be in this position. And I think, you know, I think that I had as a kid like this, you know, like I'll do whatever for you. I want to be like a missionary. Like God lays on a lot of kids' hearts and young people like to be missionary, like because that's all we know. But I feel like, and he gives us this picture. But then as we follow him day by day and we listen to his spirit, he guides us into what that means. And like for me, it unfolded as to where I am right now. But little did I know that I thought I was going to be like in a hut with an elephant in Africa. Like, I, you know, that's what I thought. But, um, I, you know, as a 13 year old who felt called to follow Jesus. But anyway, I would say that as you follow him day by day, like he makes the story unfold. And I would say it's still it's it's crazy. Like he's brought me to a place where it's like complete dependence on him. I think every day Austin and I are like, what are we doing? This is crazy. Our lives are crazy, but um, but we're following him, and wow. it's just his grace every day, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey guys, just to piggyback on Doug's question, you know, the number one question we get from people who are new to groups or starting groups is, "What do you do with the kids during the group, and how do you get them involved and and active in the group?" Yeah, we actually have like a ten minute video on YouTube um, that we've sent. But I don't know how many views that are on it. It doesn't really matter. But um, basically, like all of our tips are on that video uh, to mm -hmm. save time here. But I mean, I mean, I think the key thing is, is like 
they are your first disciple, you know, the disciples that God has given you to point to him, to teach how to follow him. Yeah, it used to be a hard, well, in the beginning, it was a hard transition for me with families, with other kids, or even like me starting to have more and more kids. Like, how do I, um, how can I pay attention and not get distracted and not worry that this person's not distracted because of this kid? And I think just coming to the realization that it's all part of it. like. Like it's like kids are just a part of it. And if we put God in such a box that we like think we can't learn from just kids, like we can learn so much just from watching them that it's unbelievable. So like just not putting God in that kind of box, I guess. So talk about our home church and like people like the practical stuff, but what popped into my mind when you said that were, um, were Claire, Millie, Ruthie, all of them in the first third but you know that I love it. Like praise playing the drum blesses me. Like I get the Holy Spirit upon me right now from that kid. Like I'll get teary, man. Like watching him, hearing him pray. Like it's not an agenda. It is. I don't know how to explain that. So can you try and do that? Like just it's, it is, and, and people want to solve it. But if you just are like up in the mix of it, it's, it's the Lord, it's the spirit of God. It's that, that, that family dynamic. I think there's a question in there somewhere. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is it's like family. Like if, if there's one thing that God's been teaching me this sabbatical is that like the physical family is such a picture of the spiritual family. Like we're supposed to be like fathers and mothers and, and spiritual kids and spiritual aunts and uncles that just reach out to each other and love each other. So when you're in church together, you're just, yeah, there's literally a five-year-old playing a box drum and he's not always on beat and he is off sometimes, but he is like playing to his little heart's content and we're just all rejoicing and singing to the Lord and it doesn't have to be a performance. It's just like we're family. And the whole church participates in that. Like we, you know, we hear Coconut Church, we, the, you know, everyone kind of helps and, and holds one of the kids, you know, the kids will go up and sit on somebody else's lap and now, there are some boundaries and some things that you'll see in that video if you want to learn some more that, that we kind of have helped us and helped a lot of other families. Um, but, yeah, what Lindsay's saying is is right on. Like, And, and we, we don't discount the children, like especially those that have given their life to Jesus and made him king of their life. Like they have the same Holy Spirit in them. They can hear God more clearly than us most of the time. Um, in fact, like. Yeah, I mean, we we do that all the time. We ask God questions together as a family and see what God tells each of us. And in in church, you know, the kids. Lee, I'm just so thankful for Lee because you know we came down here, and I'm thinking Lee's this big, huge leader, and like, uh, you know, it's going to be just training and and all this stuff. And then we go into his church, and it's just like, no, we're just family. We're just hanging out. We're just love Jesus. And, and he, you know, has always called on our kids and, and always includes them. And it's just been so awesome for the kids to go to. It's, it's the first home church we've ever been to that where I wasn't leading. Uh, and so, so thankful that, that they get to see Lee and they love it. 
So I think in what you you said of uh, just even earlier, like sticking with intimacy of Jesus and even talking now about how it is a whole family. And I, I know you're talking about like your literal physical family, but also your spiritual family. And I, I know we talked on the podcast before about like take the care of the depth of your ministry and God will take care of the breadth and, you know, how the fruitfulness of ministry, the multiplication of disciples should flow out of that intimacy with Jesus and, and that. I don't know if maybe, and, and you said even during your sabbatical, that's something that God has really uh, struck you with. So maybe you could share your insights on how that's, how, what God's shown you, how you've seen that played out. Yeah, just, just maybe you could talk about that as well. You know, I think when we first saw some of these biblical principles, I, I, I really like just throw something in here and I'm trying to get away from like extra biblical terms, like even the term movement, like we can't do movement. <laughs> Only God, like a movement is a movement of God. We should never like separate it from God. Like, and, and it's not movement principles, they're biblical principles, you know? And so for us, I, I do think, you know, in our Western mindset, like we got a bunch of methods and we got some good, simple, biblical reproducing tools. And that was so good. But somewhere along the way for us, as we've been reflecting, we feel like we have not emphasize that intimacy with Jesus enough. We've been following the written Jesus in his word and the principles. And in almost, you know, just, uh, I guess just to say it plainly, I feel like we haven't been following the living Jesus like we should have been. Like he's right here with us. He's in us. And, and so for us, it's just like, man, we, you know, just as a child, you know, we have kids, like the first thing that kids need to know is that their parents love them. And the second thing is they need to know their parents' voice. They need to learn how to understand what their parent is saying. And I think as disciple makers, Lindsay and I are just learning like more and more, like that's the number one thing we want people to know. We don't want them to know our voice. We want them to know his voice. And that's his voice through his word, but really it's through his Holy Spirit, right? His Holy Spirit, through his word and his Holy Spirit, through his voice. Jesus says, you know, my sheep, hear my voice i know them and they follow me yeah yeah no i was just gonna say i think that with when we see when god gives us a glimpse of like his heart you know we get glimpses of his heart and we see the world and we see the lostness and we see like holy cow this is a mess and like jesus is here and we gotta tell people like we gotta we gotta tell people you just you see the mass amounts of brokenness and you see God's heart and his love for everyone. And we just want to like go. And, and I think, you know, I think God's revealing to me that like, he's King, this is his world. And yes, we're part of it, but like, we gotta, we gotta know where he's going. Like we have to stay behind that Ark of the Covenant. It's kind of like when the Ark of the Covenant was was up in front and he said, stay your distance and watch where I go and follow me. Like we, we have to let him go. And so it's like taking that big vision of like what God wants to do and God's heart. And then like coming back to like, okay, today, what do you want me to do today? Like right now, like, let me hear your voice right now. And let me follow that one little step. And if we all do that, like, that's how this big vision comes to be, but we can't, we can't get ahead of God. We can't, because trust me, we've done that. And it's so exhausting and you're so tired and you're so depleted and you just, you got to like come back and be like today, what do you want me to do? And what, how do you want me to be a part of that? 
Lindsay, I can really hear your heart coming out. In fact, I shared on a recent uh, episode that I got a letter recently from one of our workers uh, serving over in Central Asia, uh, a wife, a, a mother, uh, a lady, just heart of God. And she was asking, she, she had been watching all our recent episodes and she'd noticed there had been one lady on them. And that wasn't on purpose. We just, you know, the way the episodes lined up. So first of all, thanks for being here. Uh, but, but she was asking, so what do... What do women do? You know, wh- how how does this work? And, and how do I uh, respond as a wife in this? I, I guess I just want to ask, first of all, can you take a computer apart and put it back together? I'm looking here at the C-17. This is a huge airplane. And there's so many electronics on this thing. I've got a couple of computer problems I'm hoping you can help me with after the show. But aside from <laughs> that, what what is your, how do you guys live? Where, where does, do you mind me asking where the money comes from? And and how do you function in this as a lady, as a female? First, can you fix computers? Can you fix computers? I'm actually not good with computers. Oh, okay. I was trained on a, <laughs> I was trained okay. on a really specific things. And okay, so. got it. A, a big airplane you were trained on. Okay, right. back to the question. Help, help this gal who wrote me this email from Central Asia. What would you say to her about how the lady, the wife, the mother, the female can be involved? So I think... I've been all over the place as well with that question. So I will be honest about it. I haven't been on the same track the entire time, but God continues to bring me back to um, that, you know, as a wife and a mother, like your work at home is really important and it is significant. I think the biggest lie is that like, it's not, it's not significant. The things you do, the diaper changes, the constant corrections, the, the handling all the emotions, the teaching them how to love one another, like that just gets so tiring, so monotonous. And, you know, I'm married to a guy who's, you know, he's out discipling all these young men and they're starting churches and they're doing all this. And then, you know, we were even discipling a lot of young couples that didn't have kids and they're just going at it and they're going on and they're just, and I'm like at home and I'm like, okay, am I doing enough? Like, is this okay? Am I, I barely get out of the house. And to hopefully share the gospel once a week with someone outside of my house, you know, and, um, and it can like, man, I think that's the enemy's ploy is to get us to think it's not important. Um, and it's not significant, but it really is. And all the time God brings me back to that. And I think that it's hearing his voice and like what he says about you and about what you're doing and like getting that from him because the world and even within ministry and everything, it, the voices will tell you differently and then you'll just be confused. Wow. <laughs> so just getting with him and like asking him, what do you want me to do? And is this significant enough? It's awesome. So I want to continue in that because I really want people to, to see the picture. So husband and wife and children from their home as followers of Jesus as King. And that, that generational like we, we talk about multiplication, all the patterns and the principles of what that actually plays out inside of um, the family, thinking about Deuteronomy chapter six, but putting that in a New Testament context. And that if you really listen to what Lindsay, what if everyone did what they're saying and what does that look like for you, Austin, in loving your wife? and not being so driven. 
In other words, like I, I want to do all this stuff, but what's that look like of loving your wife and dwelling with her according to understanding? What have you learned on this sabbatical about that uh, 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 hearing God as image bearers from your home with one another as a leader of your home? Oh, Father, help me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I misunderstood Lindsay, and you know that passage is First Peter three is amazing that, you know, husbands live with their wives in an understanding way, giving honor to her um, as to the weaker vessel and being heirs together, the grace of life, that your prayers will not be hindered and not be hindered, you know? So, wow, that, that is an amazing verse. And I think I misunderstood her a lot in the past couple of years um, and misunderstood like how hard it is to be at home with little kids all the time. And, you know, this sabbatical has allowed me to step back a little bit and two days a week, I let her go right. And I do the homeschooling and, and do some, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with the kids and I'm just realizing like, oh man, I don't know how she does it, you know? And, and, but I'm also just realizing, man, I put some pressures on her and I put some things on her that I, I shouldn't have done. And, um, you know, we've been able to, communicate and, and talk about these things and, and learn. Um, <clears throat> but there was a little bit of just resentment in my own heart sometimes as to her resistance to certain things. You know, our house was like a revolving door for so long. And, and it, it wasn't that she didn't want that. It was just that sometimes it was just a lot. <laughs> and, and, you know, and she's, she's more introverted than I am. And I'm just like oblivious to a lot of things going on. But you know, coming back to like, hey, what does God want me to do every moment? Asking him. There's so many times that I, my heart is so like, I just want everybody to hear the good news. I want to disciple everybody. I want everybody, you know, and, and it, my, the heart is good, but I need to be close and intimate with my Jesus to ask him, Father, what are you doing? And what do you want me to do? <laughs> You know, and to not do more than what he's asking me to do, to do nothing more, nothing less than what he wants. And I think I've done more than what he told me to do because I was so passionate, you know, and, and that actually hurt her. And just uh, just coming back and understanding like, hey, there's a stage of life right now. We have little kids. You know, we've had little kids in our house for the last 11 years, you know, and that's a lot. And uh, And just giving her... The encouragement, um, the love, the understanding, helping her at every moment that I can. Um, and then just realizing, like, we're not going to be able to do all the things that maybe some other people without kids are doing or whatever. Like, we just need to do what God wants us to do. And and a lot of that comes back to, like, we need to pray together and ask God what he wants us to do together. And we do that all the time now. Like, I have a rule now, like, especially for me, because it's hard for me to say no. So I ask God about everything now, every single thing, which why wouldn't I? You what know, a like, concept. Yeah. What, what a concept. <laughs> like he's my God. I'm following him. Why wouldn't I ask him about every single thing, even if it seems good? Because it may not be his best and it may not be what he wants right now. Um, so I've had to exercise my, exercise my no muscle. Um, but that has really helped us. And just, you know, being intimate with him, like, God, what do you want us to do? And and we ask together. And then if he tells us both the same thing, it's confirmed. <laughs> you know, if, if he doesn't, then we ask again or ask for more specifics. But go ahead, Nancy. I was just going to say, I think that goes into like 
God's strategy being like so beyond us and our own strategies and what we think is because sometimes the Lord leads you to do something that just doesn't fit the mold. And you wonder, why would he tell me to do that? Because his ways are so much higher. And I guess that just goes back to like, he's got this plan. And if we could just rein ourselves into the moment by moment, listening to his voice and following him, then like that huge, amazing strategy that he has, it will come to pass and it's going to come to pass. But that it goes back to the faithful every day. So if you do that as image bearers from your home, husband and wife, children, and John and Kathy Harriman do the same thing from Blue Ridge, Georgia, and Doug and his wife from their home in Louisville, Kentucky, and Lee and Stacy from their home. That seems sort of like everybody's like hearing and asking and responding. And that's like being sort of behind the hark and actually being directed uh, over. What if people did that like in every home and every nation? Like. Right. Could that actually be dwelling together in perfect unity? We would multiply so quickly. Like it would just, it would be unbelievable. Like it's, it's right there in the Bible. Like I looked at like the 70, the 70, um, you know, the, the relatives of Jacob and how, and how within, you know, that's really not that long of a time. There were so many Israelites that the Egypt was so scared of them because they thought they were going to take over. But how did they do that? It was just the multiplication of families. They just families had families that had families that had families. And all of a sudden they were just, and, and that, I think that's a spiritual picture. It's not necessarily just physical families. It's a spiritual picture of like this family of this church family multiplies this church family and this church. And then, Soon enough, there's so many of them that everybody's scared. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I, I love how you're talking about this stuff. And I, I think at one point I heard about what was going on uh, through y'all's ministry in New York. And I was like, oh man, I totally got to talk to these guys. And so somehow I tracked down Austin's number and gave him a call and he told me about what was going on. I, I, that's what I did with Lee too. I guess I have, a, I have a track record of hearing about people who are, are multiplying and, and trying to track them down. But I was expecting on that phone call to, you know, just hear about some strategies or whatever. But I think Austin, uh, about like 75 or 80% of what we talked about was just like abiding in Jesus mm-hmm. and how you uh, try to do that with, uh, instill that in the people that you're discipling. Cause, cause so far you, you guys have shared some really, really awesome stuff about how you guys have your own intimacy with one another, with God, like starting this in your home, which I think is super duper important, but I know you guys are instilling this in other people. So I don't know if you could share about how you guys have tried to do that, like instill, not just the tools, not just the biblical principles or whatever, but said like, no, 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 no. It needs to be flowing out of abiding in Jesus, depth with Jesus, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, Lindsay mentioned strategy and over this sabbatical, I've been really reflecting and like asking God, like, where is the strategy in the Bible? Like, I don't see strategy in the Bible. And, uh, I, you know, people may hate me for that, but no, um, I, I'm not sure we're supposed to be strategizing much. I, I, as I look at Jesus, what is his strategy? You know, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son does in like manner. We quote that a lot, but do we really do that? Are we really looking to be so intimate with the father that we hear his voice and we know where he's working and we follow his lead? I feel like, oh, so often I just 
went ahead of God and I am for him and in his name and for his kingdom. And, you know, it comes just back down to like, are you, you know, are you being intimate with him? Are you spending time with him so that you can hear his voice? Are you asking him questions or are you just talking the whole time? Yeah. And I think, you know, going with your question too, is that, um, some, you know, it's just so relational with people like the, the dis, you know, the the people that have been given to us in our life that, you know, were able to help disciple or point to Jesus have been, like, just so apart. They're like brothers to like to us. They're like my little brothers, you know. I and um, you know, most of them from the military academy have been um, guys that Austin is helping disciple. So you know, they come into our house, and you know, I think it's just so like just being like living life together is what it's all about. Um, I, I asked quite a few of them, like before they leave and, you know, they, they PCS and they move off. Not that we don't continue to have contact, but like for feedback from them, I'm like, okay, what was like the most, the best thing you got from us? Like before you, you know, before you leave, tell me like, so that we can learn what was the most effective thing that like really has helped you in your walk. And all of them always say like, just living life with you. You know, it wasn't like the trainings, it wasn't like, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad or that, you know, those tools didn't help them with their walk or whatever, but they said like, just being in your house, like just living life with you has been the most like influential thing. And so I think that that, you know, as much as possible within our churches and within discipleship, like that's, and that's what we've seen to be like the most effective is the relationships. Yeah. I really don't believe, you know, we talk about leaders all the time and I'm like, we don't need more leaders. We need more examples of following Jesus because we're not disciples of each other. We should never, we should never say this is my disciple. It's that we're, we're all supposed to be made, making disciples of him. Like we point them to him, point them to his voice. So just practically, Roger, just real quick, I just want to mention like, you know, I'm learning on this about like, I feel like. I have a lot of methods that I've used that make me and others less dependent on Jesus. And I think that's dead wrong. And as I look at Luke 10 and the, the, the methods that Jesus gives the 12, just like he gave the 72, like the methods that he gave them made them so completely dependent on the father. So we got to be, we got to make sure that we're giving methods that make people dependent on him. If the method makes them less dependent, it's bad. I'm just going to say that straight out. Number one, number two, like, so hearing his voice, like, you know, before I do, uh, before we gather as a church, I ask the father, father, do you even want me to do three thirds? Do you even want me to do, you know, what do you want me to do? And I ask him all the way through the whole, what he wants me to do. And and usually it's within three thirds, but sometimes it's not. And that is okay, by the way, because three thirds isn't what gets the multiplication. Jesus is in intimacy with him, right? But, you know, as I go through, like, man, we, we, we ask each other how we're doing. Okay. Now let's ask God to speak to us into that. So I, I usually have everybody pair up. How you doing? You know, and they, they share what's going on in their life. And then let's, then we pray the father, what do you want to tell us for this person? Right. And then we get to love and accountability. And I, I ask three questions. I ask, how did you hear from the Lord this week? You know, how did you? do what he told you to do. How'd that go? Um, and, you know, and, and how to go sharing, right? We should be hearing from him, which isn't always something to do. It's how much he loves us. Usually 
on what he thinks about us. And it's amazing. We need his voice. We need our father's voice, our father's voice. And then, you know, as we get in the scriptures, like people sometimes ask me a question and, and my go-to now is like, let's ask the father first. I don't want to explain that. Let's ask the father what, what, and the Holy Spirit what he wants to tell us based on his word. As we pray, we ask the father, instead of just praying the whole time, we ask the father questions. Father, what do you want to tell this whole group? It's incredible what Jesus will tell you if you'll ask the question and actually take the time to, to wait on him. Right. And as we get into, all right, we just met, we just worship, we just got into his word um, and we heard from his Holy Spirit. Father, what do you want to tell us? You know, so I do the SOS, you know, Lee's mentioned that on this podcast before. I just love SOS. It's like, Father, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to obey? Uh, Say, obey, share. And then, you know, Father, who do you want me to share with? It's um, anyway, I'm talking too much. Sorry, but those are the kind of practically it's like. We need to be following the living Jesus. Principles of his word are great, but not sufficient. We need his Holy Spirit in every day, every moment. Awesome. First of all, thank you for modeling faithfulness. And uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're singing the song that we all love and, you know, doing life together and just walking in faithfulness with the Lord. So thank you. Because I think, you know, so many times when we get into this, we, we, we measure the wrong thing. We, we measure the effectiveness portion instead of the faithfulness portion. And we're called to be faithful. So thank you for modeling that for all of us. Uh, for someone just starting out uh, with your years of experience, uh, what would be the, the biggest takeaway that you would give somebody who's just, just starting out? It's a great question. I would say listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I know that that sounds really simple, um, but... I would say get with him and ask him what he wants you to do. I mean, I know that, you know, we just get really excited and we get like, we want to start a church. We want to help other people know that discipleship's the way to go. We want to, I would say, just do it. Like, just do it. Like do start discipling someone, start just meet up with somebody and read through the Bible with them and, just do, I don't know, like, just do it. Cause sometimes we want to like, all of a sudden, like change this big church or change how they do it. And we get so excited. We want people to just see it because we see it, but I would just say, just start doing it. And then God will do the rest. We're, we're not surprised that, that you would say that Lindsay, because we, we think about you guys met on a mission. I mean, think about it. You were on a mission on behalf of our country's constitution. You met on a mission. And now you're still on a mission. I think it's just beautiful. I'm still looking at the C-17. That's the airplane they use on SEAL team. I mean, you're like in there with the Navy SEALs, wiring things around (laughs) and stuff. I love this. Before you go, for the sake of all the, you know, women who are watching this, can you remember all of your kids' ages and make sure you tell us those, please? (laughs) All my kids' ages. All right, let's see. (laughs) 11, 10, 9, Five, three, and one. I think we should just do prayer and fasting right now for Lindsay. <laughs> Lord yeah, Jesus. So say their names. Say their names in order so people can pray pray for that, Austin and Lindsay and go top to bottom. She's got to go get her app on her phone, Lee, before she's she can got it. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Millie, Claire, Ruthie, Sayla, Praise, Mercy, and Hezekiah. Oh, those are cool names. Hey, one last question, Lindsay. I guess for me, as I think about your life with Austin, 
What is the biggest role that you can think of that you have with him in this whole project? What, what do you do that, that empowers or encourages or enables or teams up with him in this whole mission? I would say being one with him, like in all ways, like operating as one unit and just being Jesus. I mean, being with him, one with each other, one with Jesus. And yeah, that's cool. I'm going to comment and let you go, Roger, but the one of the beautiful things is like, this is all unscripted, but like, if you looked at their giftings, okay. Lindsay's going to be prophetic. The foundation of all this stuff, like Peter, like Jesus said to Peter, hey, flesh and blood didn't re- reveal that to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Um, Jesus reveals himself to us and the giftings he's given to us, okay, and we bear fruit. And that oneness that Jesus prayed for in John 17, that we might be one, that starts from that example there. And he gifted them differently, but to operate in unity inside of their giftings with their families. And that's how we bear fruit. Like they have it exactly. I mean, they're not perfect. Nobody in, only one person got a hundred, Jesus. We're all imperfect, okay, (laughs) but we're perfect as one in Jesus, with the Jesus and with the Father. And so I'm hoping people will catch, not be taught, so to speak, more as caught than is taught through these image bearers on this podcast, because the Holy Spirit is all over this one. And I just wanted to say um, on the podcast from upstairs to downstairs, really love you guys. <laughs> Honored to co-labor. And um, that same Jesus um, is our King. And I think that that same thing is true and resonates um, from all of the people, from the host on this podcast with one another. I, I think we can say, I feel the Lord right now. And I'm very Amen. grateful for that. Roger. Yeah. So thanks for that, that Lee, just the closing remarks. If I could recap us some of what we talked about, uh, you know, it's about movements, but, uh, in reality, uh, to, yeah. Roger, can I, <laughs> can I say one more thing? I just, uh, what I tell other wives all the time is point your husband to Jesus. <laughs> And I think that's what Lindsay does best. You know, when I'm getting ahead of God, when I'm not listening to him, when I'm thinking about movement or strategy or other things more than him, she points me back to him. That's so good. And I I think also just, you know, when when brand new people come into this, they get all like, oh, I want to see movement. I want to go do this. Guys, we don't pursue movement. We pursue Jesus. Mm. And if you pursue him and know him intimately and do what he says and love him, receive his love for you, and just those simple acts of obedience every day, he will multiply that. He will do the movement. We don't do movement. He does it. It's fun. Well, I think that really actually sums up what I was going to say is, is uh, <laughs> he does it. You got to listen to him and just do what he says and and follow his spirit. And Roger, uh, Roger, we got to say PCS, Permanent Change of Station. I thought, you know, we tried to define our jargon and she used that acronym while I go PCS, Permanent Change of Station. Back to you, Roger. Right. So if anybody was confused by that. So you know, if you think about it, we're, this is going long, but they actually, what they did is they did what they said with them and then they sent them out. 
So basically mm-hmm. they were sending out, they were mm-hmm. a missions, they were yeah. a, a, a spiritual family, church meeting in their home, doing yeah. community with one another and sending and sending them out to where mm-hmm. God had called and chosen to be as other cool. spiritual families. Cool. He does that. And there wasn't zero strategy inside of that. Wow. Yeah. We didn't know the strategy, but now we see it. It's been amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I was going to recap what we talked about, but you guys did a pretty good job of it. So I'll just say this is the More Disciples podcast. Go out there, start doing it. I like what Lindsay said. Just start doing it because that's the, the biggest hurdle to uh, traverse. I guess listen to the Holy Spirit and go, go start yeah, doing it. Be the example. Don't try and change everyone else. Right, right, right. So thanks, uh, Wilsons, for joining us. And thanks to you all for listening to the podcast. And we'll catch you next time. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples. 